When we are children, we don't have the ability for self-reflection. So if the important adults around us tell us again and again that we're bad, rude, needy, too much, shy, and we truly believe and trust what our caregivers tell us about ourselves again and again, in time, we take these labels on. After they have solidified in our psyche, we identify ourselves with them and they become that inner critic voice and that inner critic becomes a trusted part of our identity. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. In this episode, I want to share with you how to become aware of something in your communication that might be bugging you, something that shows up unannounced, something that can ruin a beautiful moment, something that can elicit a lot of fear and anxiety, and something that can generate great unnecessary pain. Do you want to know what it is? It's your inner critic. Your inner critic is that voice you hear in your head telling you that you're not good enough, not capable enough, not smart, not brave. Your inner critic is that internal communication system that keeps you stuck and disconnected. In this episode, I'll show you how your inner critic keeps you stuck and disconnected. And then I'll tell you something you can do about it right now. Your inner critic that voice that tells you that you don't have what it takes to be, to do, or to have something you long for is essentially a label that got frozen in your psyche and that's been there for decades, playing on repeat. I recorded a podcast episode on labels. It's podcast episode number seven, so you can check that out later if you're interested in learning more about labels. In that episode, I shared that labels can be dangerous. For example, one of these dangers is when labels become your inner critic. And now you may be wondering how this happens. Well, if you've been following me for a while, you've heard me talk about how we learn a language to communicate when we're children. We learn a language through repetition. Think of the word milk, as in, want some milk? Ready for milk? Yummy milk. You're hungry, you want some milk? You've heard that word milk perhaps millions of times during your first three years of life. We also learn language through a natural context. When you were little and you were hungry, you heard the word milk. And then when you heard this word, it came with this warm liquid that also showed up with a pair of arms holding you and making contact with you. You learned that the word milk comes not just from your mom or a bottle, but that it comes with a sense of comfort. So much so that even as an adult, you may have the sense that if you need to feel grounded and tap into a sense of ease, 
you may actually go for a nice cup of warm milk. Now, just like you heard words like milk or mom or doggy so many times when you were a child and you learned those words, you also heard words to describe you over and over. These words that described you are labels. And because when we are kids, our brains are not developed enough to understand subtleties of language, you took what you learned as face value. Just like when we believe that the white, warm liquid given to us when we're hungry is called milk, and we don't question that, then you also learned that those words that were said to you about you are you. And maybe you didn't question them either. Just like we've learned to call what's above a sky and the animal up in the sky with two wings that's flying, we learn to call that bird. We also learned words to call ourselves. And I'm not just talking about the name we were given, like Alejandra for me. I'm talking about words that label who we are. Labels that described who you were, like beautiful, good, bad, rude, troublemaker, mischievous, smart, etc. And when we are little, we simply believe what the most important adults around us tell us. Just like we believe that milk is milk, or to call milk milk, we believe that these labels about us are true And in time, after we hear these words again and again, these words get stuck or fossilized, as linguists call it, in our minds, and we believe we are those words, that we are those labels. Let me share an anecdote with you. I may have been about five or six. The doorbell rang. When I was a kid, I loved to answer the doorbell because I had the opportunity to press the bus button to let the other person in and talk to the other person before deciding to press the bus button. In this instance, when I asked the usual question, who is it? The response left me flabbergasted. The voice on the other side said, I am the elephant. My dad, who was standing next to me, asked me who it was. I looked up at him and said, it's the elephant. And my dad nonchalantly said, oh, it's the elephant's annual visit. So he walked towards the entrance, and of course, I ran after him. In my five-year-old mind, this was amazing. My dad was getting an annual visit from an elephant. And as my dad opened the door, I was so confused that I got really upset. I started yelling at my dad, he's not an elephant, he's a man, he's not an elephant, he's just a man. See, I knew what the word elephant was. In the context that elephants are huge animals that would come to my town in Argentina with a circus. So I totally believed what I heard, that there was an elephant outside. In my five-year-old brain, it was completely believable that my dad had an elephant friend. What my young mind could not grok at the time was that in Argentina, where I grew up, there's a habit of giving people nicknames. 
Many of these nicknames that people get are about some outstanding physical feature, and some of them can be very cruel. My father's friend's large ears gave him the nickname of elephant. And he, even as a grown man, got stuck with this nickname, so much so that he even called himself this nickname, this label, elephant. See, we simply believe what we're told when we are younger, and these beliefs get stuck inside of us. And this brings us to another factor that occurs when we are children learning a language to communicate and to make sense of the world around us and inside of us. And that is that when we are children, we don't have the ability for self-reflection. So if the important adults around us tell us again and again that we're bad, rude, needy, too much, shy, our brains don't have the ability to look at ourselves, understand our behavior, and say, like at the age of three, um, no, thank you so much. I don't think I'm bad in this moment. I just built orange juice on your brand new white skirt, mom. Now, we don't have the capacity to reflect on ourselves and be able to say, no, that's not me that was an accident, or I don't have impulse control. I'm not bad. I'm simply a kid. So what happens is that because we lack the ability to reflect on ourselves, and we truly believe and trust what our caregivers tell us about ourselves again and again, in time, we take these labels on. After they have solidified in our psyche, we identify ourselves with them. And they become that inner critic voice. And that inner critic becomes a trusted part of our identity. And this inner critic, which again was a label we heard repeatedly as children, usually creates a lot of disconnection with ourselves and others and can even lead to disease. In fact, there are studies that show a correlation between people with chronic depression and the word good, as in good child, good children, good boy, good girl. In these studies, people with chronic depression have an inner critic that's constantly questioning their goodness, telling them that they're bad and demanding them to be good while feeling that nothing they do can really help them believe that they're good or good enough. So see, when the labels we received as children become our inner critic, we feel disconnected. We feel disconnected from all the aspects of ourselves and we feel disconnected from all our qualities and capacities because we're just listening again and again to that label that got stuck in there and it's been there for decades. And so the other issue that comes up when our labels become our identity is that we make decisions and we communicate based on that identity, based on that voice of that inner critic or that message of that inner critic. For example, Trevor Noah, the host of The Daily Show, in his autobiography, Born a Crime, describes how the label ugly was given to him because of the color of his skin growing up in South Africa. 
This word, ugly, became part of his identity and greatly impacted his adolescence. It was very present as an inner critic for him. And as a result of believing that this label was true, he spent over a year trying to show a girl he was in love with that he was a nice friend, when what he really wanted to do was to be able to ask her out. But he couldn't bring himself to do it because he thought she was beautiful and he thought he was ugly. Why would she go out with him was what he thought. So he devised a three-year plan to muster the courage to win her heart by being kind to her. And even though he was dying to ask her out, he didn't say anything that could suggest he was interested in her. All this because of this label that he believed about himself. So he made decisions and he communicated in a way that was following what he was hearing as the inner critic. At the beginning of the second year of his plan, this girl moved to another country. And that's when Trevor found out that she waited for a year for Trevor to ask her out because she too was in love with him. Oh, what a missed opportunity for connection. See, we make decisions and we communicate with others based on the labels we were given and then we internalized as part of our inner critic and those became our identity. These word ugly kept showing up for Trevor in his inner critic and led him not only to disconnect from himself, but also to make decisions that created disconnection with others. Now, while we heard these labels again and again when we were young, the truth is that there are so many of us adults who communicate and make decisions based on our identification with these labels that we were given as children. These labels that have become our inner critic. And just like we believed in these words that were given to us, these labels, we believe in our inner critics. We believe in their message. And this creates so much unnecessary pain. And what's more tragic is that many times we aren't even aware that we're operating under the influence of these labels. Take the case of a dear client of mine, We'll call her Meg. Meg came for coaching with me because she wanted to learn to speak her truth, especially at work. And in the beginning, she had no awareness that when she was at work, her inner critic was driving the most important professional interactions for her. Meg had a lot of knowledge and expertise on an important project her organization was working on. Her boss knew this well when she hired Meg and was asking Meg to speak up in the planning meetings. But when the moment came, Meg would get frozen and stay quiet. During our coaching sessions, we uncovered the labels that she had identified herself with. She believed she was only good when she was silent. She believed she was dumb. So she couldn't share the valuable information she had. She believed her voice was annoying. And so she spoke very softly with a forced kind of gentleness that made it really hard to be heard. 
During our sessions, Meg realized that these labels that have become part of her inner critic came from her father, who was very overwhelmed when Meg was a little girl. With the deep work we did on labels, Meg's voice started to change. Her body posture changed. She started speaking up in the meetings. And in fact, she ended up becoming one of the lead people in that project. At the end of our work together, Meg told me that she felt both a sense of freedom and a true sense of connection with herself. And so much in her life transformed because she was no longer identifying herself with these labels that have become solid in her inner critic. Like Meg, you too can experience a greater sense of freedom and a true sense of connection with yourself. True connection is not reserved for a lucky few. True connection is a universal human need. And when you have true connection with yourself, you can have true connection with others. And when you have true connection with others, those parts of you that got stuck when you were young start to grow up and show you that thriving is an actual possibility that can be experienced in your life and in your relationships. That inner critic starts to quiet down. And this is why I'd like to invite you to Unlocking the Mystery of True Connection, a free masterclass I'm teaching in the next few days. You can sign up at languagealchemy.com forward slash masterclass. In this free masterclass, Unlocking the Mystery of True Connection, I'm going to teach you three communication strategies to develop true connection. Again, you can sign up at languagealchemy.com forward slash masterclass. So to recap, in this episode, I shared with you how your inner critic started as a label that you heard again and again from a trusted adult, how this label got solidified in your psyche and you became identified with it. I also talked about how this label became the voice of your inner critic and how it impacts you now as you are an adult. And finally, I talked about how when you become aware of the labels embedded in your inner critic, you start to notice that these words are not you. With deep exploration and alchemical tools, you can transform the voice of that inner critic and you can become more connected to yourself and others. So one thing you can 